0: be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through. Just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see you are not alone, you at least got me. We are more alike than you may know, but if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't so ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. listen to others just to be aware all i'm saying you never know what someone's going through just because they look happy doesn't make it true hopefully this podcast will help you see you are not alone you at least got me we are more alike than you may know but if we stay quiet we will never grow don't ever give up because you got this if you quit think of all the opportunities that you could miss Hey, everybody, and welcome to Authentic Points of View. I am your host, Danielle Boer, as always. Woohoo! All right. So, I'm excited about today's (laughs) guest. Everybody laughs when I do (laughs) that because that's just me. I'm silly. Uh, I'm really excited about today's guest because we're going to talk about some fun stuff and some really helpful stuff. And she doesn't know this, but it's going to help me. Selfish, but I'll talk about it. So, Autumn Prather and her daughter, Sydney, are the CEOs founders of the nonprofit, the Mother and Daughter Experience, an organization that champions the sacred bond of the mother, 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 <laughs> and daughter relationship. So welcome, Autumn, to the show. Thank you, Danielle. I appreciate that.
1: And I just want to say, because my husband may watch this, it's Prather.
0: Oh, thank you. I usually ask <laughs> how do you say it? So I should have asked yes. you. Thank no you. No problem. Happy Hello, to Mr. be Prather. here. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I always say and I didn't dis- this time. How do you pronounce your name? I'm so sorry about that. No problem. Okay. So sorry. Okay. Now, um just wondering, this is a a question Because a lot of things that we do stem from somewhere, of course, obviously. Mm -hmm. So how was the relationship with your mother when you were growing up?
1: Yes, thank you so much for that question. Uh, My mother, the late Mrs. Linda Marie Everett, we could probably be here an hour just talking about her. (laughs) Um, My mother and I had a wonderful relationship. Um, we were literally best friends. Um, we could talk about anything. We could um, attend any function together. Of course, when I got of age, uh, we attended a lot of comedy festivals. I remember one time we went to see Cheryl Underwood oh, here in Nashville. Oh, but I was so embarrassed because you know Cheryl's, Yeah. you know her, her material, right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, but that was the kind of relationship my mother and I had. We could really oh. uh, bond over those types of things. Um, she raised me, you know, with some very hard core beliefs um, in as far as hard work and dedication, uh, family first community service, all of those things. So I miss her a lot.
0: <laughs> oh, I bet. Um if you don't mind me asking, how long ago did she pass away? And I'm sorry yeah. for your loss. Thank you. It
1: was, it'd be 14 years this April coming up. Mm-hmm.
0: It's always hard when we lose someone, especially a parent. Um, blessed that both of my parents are alive, but um, I lost mm-hmm. my grandma who I lived with um a few times. So she was like, kind of like a mom to me and yeah. she was 95 okay. when she passed away. So she had a fantastic life. But Mm -hmm. it's really, you know, you still miss them and the memories and, you know, the chance to make more memories. But yeah. Especially
1: during this time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Holiday
1: season. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Holidays (laughs) are rough. But so did you mimic your mother's parenting style with your own daughter?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. You know, I'd have to say half and half, maybe. Okay. Um, some of the things that I got from my mom, I definitely poured into my daughter as far as parenting style. Um, my mom was ex- was extremely um, what do you call it? Um, forthright she oh. she didn't <laughs> sugarcoat anything. She was very blunt, very honest. <laughs> and um, I wasn't quite that honest and blunt with my daughter. Um, I did a more gentle, style, I guess you could say. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But my mom, um, a lot of the things that I vowed not to do with my daughter is, is because of some of the things that my mom didn't do with me. So for example, we didn't talk a lot about life and growing up, you know, getting older and boyfriends and marriage and things of, of, of that nature. We didn't really get into any of that when I was a teenager. Um, so I said, you know, when I have a daughter, I'm going to make sure to talk about some of the things, you know, that deals with life with her, right? Um, especially, um, you know, puberty, um, menstrual cycles and all of those types of things. I never got that information from my mom. I, you know, funny story. I started my cycle. I don't know how, you know, transparent I can get here. No, but... go ahead.
0: I was actually going <laughs> to tell my story too, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> I started my cycle right after a new edition concert back in 1986. Oh <laughs> uh, I remember like it was yesterday because uh, of course, new edition was, you know, who, who didn't love new Amazing. edition back in the day. Yeah. Um, and I got to go to the, my first concert, got home and, was like, "Okay, this is a little weird. I don't know what's going on with my body." Uh told my mom, you know, it's like, "Hey, something's going on down there." You know, and she just looked at me and said, hmm, "Okay, put this on." Okay, what's this? Yeah, you're <laughs> you like, <know>? "Why? What <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> what, like, what 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 are we doing here, mom?" Um uh, but that was the extent of it. And I literally had to kind of learn it on my own. Or, you know, from friends who had already gone through it. Um, I didn't have any older sisters or older cousins that I could really glean from. So, um, you know, I really had to kind of re- research, you know, my own puberty <laughs> era and and understand what was going on with my body. And so that was the first thing I said, nope, when I have a daughter, she's going to know about this way in advance. Um, and I... Held true to that because I started talking about things, you know, life things with her at the tender age of maybe five or six. And so by the time she got 13 and 14, she was very well aware of what was going to happen with her body. So much so that she didn't even tell me when she started. <laughs> she was like, oh, it's just no big deal. I, you know, I, yeah, I did. And I had my, my napkins and I put them on and I just went on about my day. I said, okay, but you're supposed to tell me. I mean, (laughs) you know, like let's share in this thing, you know? So
0: that's my story. Oh yeah. I was going to share mine. Mine's kind of funny. So um, my mother and I were never really close and, um, but I paid attention to stuff. So I was playing football. I was 10 years old. We were outside playing football And I lived in Germany at the time. So I literally noticed something was weird. I went inside, went to the restroom, grabbed one of her pads, and went back and played football. I never told her that I started. Never. Oh, wow. I never did. I didn't feel like I wanted to. I don't know. I just, I don't know why. And I kind of feel bad now because that's like she... I don't know it's just hard because it's like if my daughter did that I would be really like you just said like I would be really upset but I yeah. just didn't have that relationship and there was a lot of stuff going on at that point too with my oh, parents God. and different things but uh so I went and played football again and never like I said never told her and then after a couple of days of her seeing in the trash she goes hey you got something to tell me and I went <laughs> no what like I didn't even know what she was talking about like, I don't know what you're talking about so it's just, I like, I don't know. And I was so independent. And it's so funny because I'm starting life coaching. And it's like, the I was so fearless back then when I was a kid. And, you know, and then I let the outside opinions of people and all this stuff affect mm-hmm. me and mm-hmm. what I did and what I thought of myself. And mm-hmm. I became so fearful of everything. And I was like, what the heck? Like, I mean, I was not scared of anything as a kid. So it's like, it's so funny. It's not funny, but, you know, to see the transition of like, how brave I was and how independent I was to the things that, you know, happened later on. I'm like, Ooh, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So I get, that. I get yeah, that. But okay. So Sydney, is that right? Am I saying that right? <laughs> okay, good. <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, um, okay. How was you and Sydney's relationship when she was growing up then other than you said you were talk to her about stuff, but what were you guys as close as you and your mom were?
1: Yeah. So Sydney and I, um, we kind of grew up together. Um, I was a single mom when I had her.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And so, you know, it was just kind of me and her um, figuring this thing out. Um, And when I became pregnant with her, I took it up on myself. I'm a researcher. I'm going to try to figure out what's going on with me. Uh, you know, before a doctor, you know, before I go to the doctor so that I can be fully present and understand what's going on. And Mm -hmm. so I did a lot of research on pregnancy and um, things to do, things not to do, what to eat, what not to eat, you know, just the whole gamut, because I made up my mind that, okay, I'm in the situation, you know, not ideal, um, but I'm going to try to be the best mother that I can be. And I'm going to start now before she's even born understanding, you know, how to bring her into this world, um, you know, as healthy as possible. And so um, that's how it started. That's how our bond started. Just wanting her to come into the world as healthy as possible. And so when she was born, um, I had a lot of support from my mom, my grandmother, um, cousins, friends, sorority sisters. And so the village is what I call them. Um, they were a big help to me. And so just growing up, again, me and her, I was single for uh, seven, the first seven years of her life. Um, and so everything we did was together. Um, I know we'll probably talk about my sorority uh, here soon, but she literally came to every sorority meeting with me, oh. every. Every sorority function, I mean, she was at banquets at two years old, you know, learning how to set tables and learning how to eat properly, you know, in a formal setting, um, because that was my life. And so I looked at it as her being in a, you know, it. she was in addition to my life. She didn't ever take anything away from it because I still did every single thing that I ever wanted to do. Um, and so um, we've kept that bond you know, since before she was born. Now, of course we talk about those teenage years, Mm. 14 through 16, 17, it was rough. (laughs) It was some days where I was like, okay, this is what my mother was talking about. This is, this is karma. I'm getting it back. Uh, (laughs) I think. And so but still you know even through that we maintained an open line of communication which i think is key in any mother daughter relationship um just being honest with each other and respecting each other um and i think you know i think that's kind of our uniqueness is that i allow her to express herself and to be uh who she is uh even if i may interpret it you know in a different way um just so she can feel comfortable talking to me and that trust factor, you know, is there. Um, and so my my goal, my one and only goal when she was a baby was that by the time she got to be legal, you know, of age, that we would be best friends. And she's 23 and we are best friends.
0: Oh, that's so yeah. sweet. That's way different than my situation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, but I'm finding Danielle through this nonprofit work it's, we are, we are sort of the rare, yeah. uh, we're sort of yeah. the exception in this. And, and while that's heartbreaking, I do understand. Um, but I, we do, you know, do through our work too, we try to encourage uh people to mend those bonds if they can. Um, and if not, then prepare the next generation to be better.
0: Yeah. It's, um, it's, I know I love my mom. Uh, we're just different. And so, mm-hmm. um, she's changed a lot though I'm proud of her and I've changed a lot in the last couple years so basically you know I tried with my daughter to not have that but she's around my mom a lot so she hears things and I'm like so my daughter's nine I have boys that are older and um so it's you know, my whole, my whole goal with her is to not have the relationship that I had with my oldest one, which is like me and my mother's relationship. And he's a boy, but still, I was a single mom for a long time. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, he's frustrated with me because we moved a couple times from state to state. And, and it's like, you know, I mean, I can't take back anything that I did. I can just be here for him now, and I like I keep telling him like, "Hey, I love you," and I'm I'm sorry, but I can't change it, you know. So, so I have um gone on this forgiveness journey, and I actually um that's what I'm going to be doing in life coaching is one of the things, transformation and and forgiveness. So I really have forgave my mother. Yeah. We're starting to get a better relationship. Like the other day, I went and surprised her and hung out with her and watched a football game. Which I really could care less about the football game. <laughs> but it was it was nice. And she's she said she was like happy that I was there and that felt really good. And she mm-hmm. was like, It's my daughter. And I was like, What? Like it's not that's not normal. You know what I'm saying? Usually yeah. she would be like meh, meh, and critical. But that was really yeah. nice. So I'm starting to see a difference. So that's really awesome. And that's the thing with my daughter, is like I say it all the time, I'm like, I refuse for us to have a bad relationship because that's my baby girl and she's actually spoiled because she's the only one right now because the older Mm -hmm. ones are not here so Mm -hmm. so I focus a lot on so many things that I didn't have time unfortunately for the boys or didn't have the patience or I was very young so I didn't have the knowledge or the understanding and I have a really good supportive boyfriend so he looks at me and he's like don't baby her like you did the boys which is true I did mm-hmm. so you know like mm-hmm. telling her stuff and making her well aware is helpful and so we've already talked about our the cycles and she hasn't gotten it yet but I bought her some period panties that's what they're called and stuff like that she already made up a little bag so she's prepared so it's really nice to be able to do that it's like a bonding thing so yeah absolutely yeah um, yeah. it's uh it's weird because i have boys but <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i didn't have to do this before um i understand so was there anything now that you know um that you wish you would have known when sydney was little so you know about like you know you look back and you're like oh i wish i would have known that is there anything that you you know might think would have been helpful if you knew back then Hmm. A lot of
1: things come to mind. Um I'm going to I'm going to answer that question this way. Um I was not as cautious with my mouth mm. um with saying certain things in her ear space that um you know pertaining to her biological dad. Uh, I, I made a lot of comments. I made a lot of, um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I I said a lot of things I should not have said in her, in her ear, you know, presence when they're, yeah, they're always when they're young and, 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 and I can see how, um, I added to some of that trauma. And some of that feeling of abandonment. Um, And I talk about this in my book, by the way, mental health and putting my daughter in therapy um, and all of that. So I wish, you know, I had had a little bit more control over my mouth um, and what she heard as far as that's concerned, because um, it could have diminished some of that trauma.
0: I agree with me uh, with you (laughs) in my situation. Yeah. So I've done better with, um, so I joke and talk about, I have a lot of baby daddies. So, uh, (laughs) 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 so my ex-husband is my daughter's father, but not the boy's father. So, Mm -hmm. uh, fathers, they have different brothers. Uh, but I tried to be better with her because Again, there, there's a gap in age. The oldest is 12 years older and then 10 years. And then my bonus son is seven years, um, seven years young, well, older than her. And then she is, uh, you know, okay. She's a baby. So when we got divorced and we left and I left Ohio to here, it is really hard for her. She's still having a hard time. And it's been five years in I have to be very careful because there's so many things that he does that I'm like, what? Still, it's confusing. Um, and so I have to be very careful of how I respond to her. But then I find myself kind of taking up for him. And I'm like, well, that's not good either. You know, like, what do you do? Like, it's a hard Right, story exactly. Because exactly. I don't want her to feel like she's not loved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't want her to feel like it's acceptable either you know like it's a, it's hard it's like it's a hard balance yeah, yeah I agree with yeah. you um so who was the inspiration for your non-profit made I think that's such a clever clever name but go ahead who was the inspiration <laughs> I love names of stuff like the why I'm like ooh, that's so awesome
1: yeah um so again, another story back in 2018, I had an elective hysterectomy. Um, and unfortunately I developed some life altering complications.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I had, you know, the surgery was fine. Um, the post-op is what, you know, kind of opened my eyes to like okay something's not right here um and it was a whole week after my hysterectomy that I Uh finally said okay something's wrong we got to go back to the hospital and it's a good thing that I did because ended up having a uh umbilical hernia Mm. which I'm told cut off circulation to a part of my bowel so when they went in to prepare, repair the umbilical hernia, they found a section of my bowel had died. Mm. So it was stuck in there some kind of way. So they had to remove it. They had to cut it out. Mm. So uh, what, what we thought was, you know, a normal procedure, go in, have this hysterectomy, be in the hospital for what, maybe three days, go home, enjoy your life. It in, it turned around and in, in November, and this is actually four years ago. This week is when all of this happened, wow. and I was in the hospital a total of twenty three days in November mm. in twenty eighteen, and so coming out of that was was hard, and it really stopped me in my tracks and allowed me to reflect on my life. And my number one question was autumn. What are you doing? (laughs) What is it that you're doing with your life that's going to leave some sort of legacy? Or, you know, what is going to be here after you leave? Those are kind of thoughts that I had during my recovery, you know? I mean, granted, I had done some pretty good, cool things in my life. So, you know, I didn't have any regrets up until that point. But that really, the fact that I could have died, literally, if I had not gone back to that hospital that day, Um, because my bowel had been dead for a week. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and so, you know, it's just one of those things that I'm here for a reason. I got a second chance, you know, and during, uh, my recovery, I was just like, what can I do? What can I do? Um, and it hit me. I said, wow, wait a minute. Me and my mother were supposed to start a business together. We wanted to do, um, She wanted to do like a a senior residence center. Um, She was a dance instructor here in Nashville for about 40 years. She taught tap and preschool rhythms and senior dance and all of that. And so she wanted a, a whole senior dance center, a senior, you know, like a retirement home. She wanted to run one of those. I was like, well, I don't know if I got the <laughs> stamina for that. What else could I do? What else could I do? Um, and it just hit me. I said, well, okay, I can't start a business with my mom. Obviously, she's not here, but maybe I can start one with my daughter. Aww. And I was like, okay, so what what do we have going on that, you know, could be a viable business, right? Um, I was like, well, Okay, well. We do a lot of mother-daughter things. We talk about mother and daughters a lot. We have a good relationship. It's kind of a, a legacy thing with um from my mother and how she brought me up. And I was like, okay, it's coming together. It's coming together. <laughs> and so I called my daughter in. I said, hey, let's just talk about it. Well, you know, what do you think? How does this sound? And we threw out some names, we tossed around some ideas, and we landed on the mother and daughter experience. And at first it wasn't experience. I think we had something else going on. And I said, no, it needs to be an experience because that's 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 what mothers and daughters go through. Ups and downs, (laughs) ins and outs, around and around. This is an experience. Uh it's not perfect, you know. So we want to talk about all aspects of this. So mother and daughter experience was born January 9th, 2019. Um, I got well enough to get at a computer and fill out, you know, all the paperwork and get my EIN and get my uh, 501c3 status going. Um, and we put on our first event um, in June of that year. So oh. January to June, we started working and pulling together some resources. And we did our first breakfast, um, the mother and daughter experience. Um, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. Um, the mother and daughter breakfast affair and fundraiser is what it mm-hmm. eventually became known as. Our, it was our inaugural um, breakfast. And so we invited the whole community out. Um, mothers and daughters, grandmothers, granddaughters, aunts, nieces, godmothers, gods, daughters. If you were a woman and you had a hand in raising a young lady. You were welcome. Um, You didn't have to be biologically connected or anything, you know, by blood. Um, And one thing that we um, have become known for at our breakfasts, because we just completed our fourth one this past August, is we have a cultural event. So it's some sort of artistic expression. Um, So this year we had, um, it was called the art of the matter. So we had artists come in, uh, visual artists, we had um, a violinist, we had a painter who did a live painting during the event, Um, and we had a um, Christian tap dance ensemble come in and perform for us. Um, And then during the breakfasts, I like to spotlight a young, young lady, like, as young as five up to about 17 years old. Um, we like to spotlight young entrepreneurs. We call it the yes spotlight, young entrepreneur spotlight. And so yeah. she gets to come up and t- talk about her business venture, um, whatever she's got going on and she's selling. Um, and then of course I give away some of her items to help her in her business. Um, and then we have a keynote speaker who comes in and talks about the whole overall theme. And this, this year's theme was mental health, um, how to really get back to uh, having that generational and mental health within the mother and daughter relationship. And so we had a licensed clinical social worker to come in and talk about that with our guests. And we
0: had about 100,
1: 100 guests this
0: year. Oh, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, so we're really wow. proud of it. We're going into our fifth year next year. uh, We're trying to do something a little bigger and a little uh, more celebratory since it's our fifth anniversary. So
0: we'll be rolling that out soon, hopefully. Wow. I'm so happy for you. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a good, really good turnout. Wow.
1: Yeah. I mean, every our all of our events have uh, been outstanding numbers. Uh, of course, twenty twenty, we had COVID, so we had to go virtual, yeah. but it was still uh, a nice response. And and to really kind of go back to your initial question, um, that life changing surgery really really was the catalyst. But again, we link everything back to my late mother. So we do it in her honor and we started a scholarship fund in her honor as well. So we give away funds to local dance companies in the city.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. How sweet. Oh, Oh, that's so nice. So now if somebody wants to volunteer, I went on your website. Um, if somebody wants to volunteer, do they just go to your website? We'll do your links and everything in a little bit. But do they just go on there? And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, okay, cool. So yeah, yeah.
1: Just to fill out the contact form, uh, we'll be in touch. I'm, I'm all over social media. I can, you know, you can send me a DM, a message, um, any one of those ways
0: is fine. Awesome. So, okay, I love your names with everything. Yes. Okay, I love it. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm an acronym queen. Yes. Oh, I need to talk to you, um, maybe in a minute about my stuff and see if you can help me with an acronym. Okay. okay so, <laughs> we'll talk off air. Uh, okay. So, girls, what is? This is gonna sound stupid. What is girls? Of course, a girl is a young woman. <laughs> <laughs> what is? <laughs> <laughs> we were like, what? You don't know what a girl is what is girls and explain what it stands for please yeah absolutely
1: so this came to me um someone saw me on social media and saw my platform they saw what we do with our mothers and daughters and they were like hey i'd like for you to come into our metro school system and um Mm -hmm construct a program for our seventh and eighth graders at a local middle school. And I was like, oh really, okay. Cool. (laughs) And so um, I decided to call it GIRLS um, since it was targeted directly to uh, young females. And it stands for Growing In Respect, Leadership, and Sisterhood. And so those are the three pillars that we discussed during our 13-week intensive. Um, So we started in February, ended in May. I went to a school every single week, um, and we did activities with journaling, uh, team building, keynote speakers. Uh, We even had one-on-one talks about Uh, Just growing in your relationships with your family, with your friends, with your teachers, uh, respecting one another, being there for um, your friends when they're down. You know, that sisterhood piece, uh, community service was a big part of that. Um, And leadership. We want to develop new leaders. We want to develop future leaders. And so we talk about all of that and did activities to strengthen those those um attributes uh, for those young ladies and it's so it's so amazing that they'll still contact me to this day and so Miss Autumn what are you doing or I saw one at a a, a street festival back in the summer and we were like, hey hey you know it was just kind of one of those things where they remember me and I remember them and so hopefully they take you know what we learned together on through their life
0: oh. That's so sweet. And that's um something I wanna do, which again I have to like narrow down my niche or like whatever, but yeah. I wanna go into schools and, and talk to people too because of things that I've been through. Um and uh like I talked about, like, you know, I witnessed my brother commit suicide on the telephone and um just a lot of stuff that I've that I've been through. So I wanna talk to the mostly high school age maybe older Mm -hmm. middle school and Mm -hmm. even colleges eventually and just talk about mindset forgiveness you know you you can only control the things that you can control and working on those things and you know stuff like that so I think it's so important to talk to young girls that's so amazing because again like if we didn't have that And then we just like kind of figured out, Oh, your cycle. Okay. Oh, look, there's stuff coming out. Okay. Oh, (laughs) and um, so it's good to talk to girls about sisterhood, about, you know, like being there, being leaders, of course, not being a follower, like, you -hmm. know, all those things. That's amazing. So yeah, especially, I mean, in our school system, unfortunately,
1: you know, you think it's the boys that are doing a lot of the fighting, but it's the girls Mm -hmm. and You know, we want to, we want to bring those bonds, you know, back to the forefront and say, Hey, you are your sister's keeper, you know, uh, look out for her, help her, you know, we all wear the crown. Sometimes it gets crooked on some people, (laughs) so you can straighten it back up. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so competitive and that's what like girls are so competitive and I was too, like physically with sports and stuff, but it's all about, you know what do you, what are you wearing? And what is this? And what is that? Or who likes who and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's just like, instead of like being kind and loving each other, it's just like everything is a competition and you know, yeah, it's just wait. And the
1: social media and reality TV shows don't make it any
0: better. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad I didn't have to deal with that. Me too. (laughs) Um, So you, okay, what is your book called? And then can you just give us a couple of key points out of the book? If you haven't already, you might have already done that. Uh, So my book is called Preparing a Fruitful Harvest,
1: One Mother's Pursuit of Generational Health. And so it basically encompasses my journey in raising my daughter. Uh, remember at the beginning, I told you about me researching everything when I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, so we start from there. We okay. we actually start from that point all the way up until um, her graduation from, from high school. Um, well, no, we actually go into the college years, too. Um, and so I wrote this book. It was... Honestly, one of those things, again, someone saw me on social media, a publisher. He reached out and said, hey, I think you have a message for mothers and daughters, women and girls. He said, have you ever thought about writing a book? I said, nope. (laughs) (laughs) And this was in, I guess, September of 2020. So COVID, right? Pandemic. We were on lockdown. Nothing else to do, right? Nope. We really couldn't go anywhere. Um, and I had some time. So I started writing this book and um, it goes, I, I i sectioned it off in seasons. So coming back to my name, Autumn, uh, we go through the winter, the spring, the summer, and then we get to the fall, which is the harvest time um, and how we bring all of those factors together of trying to help our young girls be positive, productive and prepared. Um I talk about a myriad of things in the book. Um I talk about self-care for moms. I talk about l- knowing your mother style, how you you know your parenting style as a mother. I'm a helicopter mom. I hover. I try to control things. <laughs> um, and you know a lot of a lot of my readers have discovered that they're helicopter moms too. they just didn't know it. Um, I talk about generational uh, wealth uh, as far as um, exposing our kids to the financial uh, responsibilities of being an adult, you know, learning the banking system, uh, becoming homeowners, you know, kind of getting into all of that. Um, when they're getting when they're getting older, so they can make the right choices. Um, I talk a lot about the village. I mentioned my support system earlier. Yeah. Um, very important to have, you know, um like you said, you had a, a good support system. Um, it's very important to keep mom sane so that she can right be okay for that da- for for baby. So, um, I talk a lot about that. I talk about, um mental health and therapy i I, I, it's called therapy is necessary you know in our community unfortunately it's taboo to say you're going to therapy and why because everybody needs help i mean it doesn't mean you're crazy it just means hey you want to be better than you are so um and i and again i had to you know my daughter and myself have have had to go through therapy individually and together um And just a whole bunch of other things. And in the book, what I really like is at the end of each section, there's a journal type of activity where I ask questions about what the topics were about and how they relate to your situation and what you can do um, to to better your relationship with your daughter. Uh, One of the chapters in there talks about um, the ABCs of motherhood. So we talk about A. Accentuating um, your positives, B, being your own advocate, C, I can't remember, see, I'm messing up already. Oh, and then no, not, something uh-oh. else. You're good. <laughs> so we have to get the book to see. But yeah, it just breaks <laughs> it down yeah. on um, how you can be, you know, the ABCs of motherhood, just how you can be a better mom, uh, just from my point of view. Obviously, I'm not, a, you know, a doctor or anything. So this is just all my personal experiences. But what I've learned is, you are an expert in your own personal experience. So nobody can take
0: that away from you. Absolutely. And everybody learns a different way as well. Mm -hmm. Like you, you learn. And sometimes we do that. Like there's some things, no offense to my mother, that I definitely don't want to do that. She did just like you said, like, or there's stuff that, you know, I wish I did like her, like she's way more organized than I am. She's on time all the time, you know, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. That I'm like, Ooh, I need to work towards that. So, you know, I mean, it's everybody has a different style, and then you can adapt and adjust. Like you don't have to be, exactly. you know, the whole 18 years do it the same way. Like exactly. Oh, it, and it requires oh, levels yeah. Yeah. And, and fire higher accordingly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Okay. So we talked about how the sorority helped you with your they were your village part of it but how Mm -hmm. does it, did it help you in business wise, like learn how to run a business because sororities are so structured and Mm -hmm. of course the sisterhood, but it's also very structured. So does that help you in your business? Oh,
1: absolutely. Um, I mean, this is, I, I look at my experience in the sorority as my, my springboard. This is where I started to practice public speaking and leading others and delegating responsibilities and uh you know getting cr- constructive criticism and feedback all of that is so necessary in running a business right and so and I, and, and I encourage my my girls who are c- just coming into the sorority use this platform as your your testing grounds i mean we're sisters we're going to we're going to support you we're going to be here for you we're going to tell you what you need to do and so I I can't say enough about Alpha Kappa Alpha and, and the opportunities they've afforded me. I mean, I've traveled because of them. Um, I've got to see new things. I've got to uh intermingle with different cultures and and just come together with different people and learn different uh personalities and interact with all of that. And so it's been a, a blessing. I've been in in the sorority now 27 years. Um and uh I wouldn't trade it for anything. <laughs> I wouldn't trade it for anything.
0: That's so awesome. I did not go to a typical college. I had kids young and so I went to a um technical school for nursing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to have that experience, but I was a single mom. So you know I really <laughs> didn't have time to have two <laughs> kids. But um but yeah that's really cool when I look back I'm like that would have been a a really good experience but my life went how it went you know I'm happy with so but that's really cool now you went to HBCU so this Mm -hmm. is gonna sound silly because I obviously (laughs) know what it is and you know what it is but um, there's listeners in different countries so can you explain like what does what's HBCU what does it mean what Mm -hmm. is a HBCU and uh, what was your favorite thing about going to one?
1: Oh, wow.
0: <laughs>
1: Best four years of my life. Um, HBCU, it stands for Historically Black College and University. So um, these institutions were founded uh, primarily for African-American students. Um, a lot of these particular schools uh, received land grants uh, back in the early 1900s. Uh, you know, so not too long after slavery was abolished um, to educate African-American students. And um, in Nashville, particularly, we have four um, HBCUs. We have Tennessee State University, which is my alma mater. We have Fisk University. We have American Baptist College and we have, oh, my God.
0: It's okay. Why did I just
1: go back? Meharry Medical College. Oh, I hope I hope none of my people see this because they gonna like you. What you <laughs> forgot? My Harry Medical College. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, the HBCUs in Nashville are so, um, they're all t- close knit. We all collaborate um, together, um, you know, with different resources and coming together, doing a lot of community things. So I love that aspect of HBCUs here in Nashville, but Tennessee State University in general, um, again, best four years of my life. I got to um, be a part of of Black excellence. You know, I'm just gonna just gonna say that it was. I had never seen so many smart intelligent, outspoken um, black people in all my life. I mean, of course I went to a high school that was predominantly black, but to be in, um, a, a, you know, community uh, college is a little bit more freer, right? You're, you're, you're a bit more free and, you, and you're interacting with different people, um, but to just see different cultures and different people from, you know, the North, New York and Chicago and Detroit, come down to the South and learn our way. Um, It was so fun. Um, And during my college years, uh, I got to be a part of one of the greatest bands in in the world, the Tennessee State University Aristocrat of Bands. Um, I was head majorette and so that was a lot of fun again leadership <laughs> taking my leadership skills onto the dance floor um and of course i i pledged the sorority and so being um being in that environment was just hands down the greatest gift i could could ever receive because it prepared me it prepared me for um life outside of college in corporate america um Again, it just teaches you how to interact with people. Um, and it also gives you that big confidence booster. You know, it's nothing like having a professor uh, who's really in your corner and who's really pushing you to do the very best that you can do. so that that's what I love most about the HBCU experience. And I want to say this, through my sorority, um, I was a part of the International HBCU Task Force Committee. Um, our immediate past uh, international president, Dr. Glenda Glover, who's also the president of Tennessee State University. um, She had a wonderful initiative for four years that we raised $1 million every single year for four years, actually over $1 million in one day, in one day. So I was over the task In one day? In one day. Oh I, was a, I was a part of the task force that led that mission um, to raise one million dollars in one day um, for four years straight. And so we were able to award each HBCU in the country 104. Uh, plus, plus um the US Virgin Islands. We were able to award uh endowment scholarships to each of those HBCUs around the country.
0: So we were very, very proud of that. Wow, that's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> Yay! That's so amazing. So um what a community really that it is. Mm-hmm. I love oh my gosh. I love when they scream out H and they argue. Is it Howard or is it <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I love it? it. Like, the real yes. H yeah. U. Who's the real yes. one? It is so funny. So, anyways, yeah. um I love that. And so I uh I grew up in the Maryland area and D.C. and stuff. So, you know, I have my opinion. I'm just joking. I don't count. But uh, my friends went (laughs) to Morgan State and Bowie State. And I love their schools. And I got to go to their orientation, which was amazing. And I was young. I don't know why I was there, but it was fun. And Mm -hmm. um, my it was really cool. My ex-mother-in-law, she went to Bethune-Cookman. And it's something that I've never forgotten And Mm -hmm. so we've been divorced and, but we were in Florida and we literally accidentally drove past it. I didn't know where it was in Florida. I knew it was in Florida and I got so excited and Mm -hmm. I, I wanted my daughter to experience it. So we literally, I said, you have to take a picture here. This is your grandmother's school. You have to. So Mm -hmm. we, we drove Mm -hmm. around town and we went back and then she took a picture there and it was so such a beautiful experience, like to be part of, and be like that's the history, you know. what I'm saying, and I was, I sent it to my ex husband, and he sent it to her, and she was so happy, and she put it on Facebook, and so oh yeah, it was so sweet to see how excited she was to mm-hmm. you know, and she's so proud of her school too, um, which I, yeah. it's so amazing. Like she's learned so much. She taught taught me a lot from what she learned in the community and the support and the like you said, sisterhood and all the stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Um what is your advice for somebody? This is off now we're not talking about HBCUs anymore, but, <laughs> but sorry. J- go to the left. Uh what is your advice for someone that wants to have a better relationship with their uh mother or daughter or vice versa, who either one? Yeah, yeah. Um well
1: I think first of all as it pertains to your mother. Let's start there. I think that um, daughters should realize that Mom is human. first of all, I know that they think we're superheroes and we can <laughs> cure everything, and we know the answers to everything, but we don't. We're just right. a human. We're just human. We're just you know, we're just like anybody else. We make mistakes. We say things that we shouldn't say. We do things we shouldn't do. We are only as good as our environment and our upbringing afforded us to be. We only can do what we knew to do. So I think it starts there with an understanding, um, first and foremost, that your mom probably was doing the very best she could with what she had and what she had knowledge of at the time.
0: Right. We're living in
1: very different times these days. And so um I like to start there. Um and so hopefully uh some grace can be extended um to mom in that you know aspect. Now of course I'm not talking about somebody who has abused their child or, you know, it's it's so far beyond Uh, You know, a conversation and and all of that. So um, but I think for a daughter, you know, for a mom to kind of mend that relationship with her daughter, uh, understand that she's just a little you. (laughs) (laughs) She's just a little bit you. Um, And again, that understanding and that grace to um, say, I probably was like that as a kid or. As a teenager. Um, So let me just take a step back and look at it from her perspective and let's just try to get on at least, you know, the same page with respecting each other. Um, However, that looks to you and your family. Um, You know, there's no right or wrong way. In a family, it's what you decide is right for you. It's not. It's probably not going to look like what your friends look like or your, you know, cousins or or anything. It's what you decide, you know. Um, and as long as it's healthy for you and it, it it keeps you guys moving forward, then keep doing it. You know, nobody can judge you for that. And so I always say, start today. You know, we can't do anything about yesterday. So, if you want to mend it, start today. Start, start from this day forward, working on it, um, and then use. You know, I, I, and so one of the ways we market our breakfasts, our mother daughter breakfasts, is by saying, "Come to our breakfast. Start there. You know,
0: nice.
1: y'all don't even have to come together. But yes. Just come." Drive separate. <laughs> just show Drive up. Drive separate. But just show <laughs> up because we guarantee something may be said or done that just puts that little birdie in your ear and, and, and that little thought in your mind that says, hmm, well, even if we just were cordial to each other today, that's a start.
0: Aww, right? That's a start. That's
1: really nice. and, and then for For the the daughters, you know, so, okay, my mother and I had a great relationship. My daughter and I, we have a good relationship. Do I want my daughter and her daughter to have a great relationship? I sure do. But it's going to take intentionality. It's going to take work. It's going to take pushing the agenda to have that generational health. And you have to know that. It's not going to just happen. It's just not, it's not a magical thing. You can't wave a wand and it's going to happen, but you have to make it work and decide that that's what you want. Um. So, yeah, I think, I think that's the advice that I would give. I know it's not easy. I know it's not perfect. It's extremely hard. I get it. Um. But you have to make up in your mind that that's what you want.
0: Yeah, true. And being on the same page, you're right, is, is very important. Um, So that was great advice. Thank you so much. So Autumn Prather, right? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for coming on and speaking to us. I really appreciate it. I love your energy. You have great energy. And um, I love all the things that you have, have accomplished and all the awesome things we got to talk about. So fun. I don't think I've ever talked about HBCUs yet. Uh, so I'm excited because usually, because there's <laughs> some, some stuff I talk about a lot of times and some stuff I'm like, woohoo. Um, I've talked to a lot of people that have gone to them, but I've never asked. I know you're the first person I asked about it. So oh. okay. I feel honored. Yay. Thank you. Okay. Yay. <laughs> so Um, I'm really, I'm really excited that you were part of the task force. That's cool. In all the things that you've done, like I said, it's just so unique and it makes you who you are and and speaking to people and helping and making a difference is, is something that I think we should all do. You know, like, I mean, we all have a purpose and I'm glad you're alive and I'm glad that that didn't kill you. And I work in a recovery room. So when you were talking, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> like it's scary. I mean, it's scary. <laughs> yes, it's stuff we have to look very. for because it can happen right away. But the fact that it was a week later, oh, my gosh. Yes, but yes. thank goodness that you're here. And, uh, you know, you have a mission and a purpose and thank you for sharing it with us and I'll definitely keep in touch. And I want to ask you off air about the acronym, but (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, where can we find you? What's your website or whatever? Yes, absolutely.
1: So, um, www.themotheranddaughterexperience.com. That's where you can find me. You can get the book there. You can also visit my landing page under We Speak Legacy. I have a professional speaking organization where I design and deliver keynote speeches to big corporate events or small intimate gatherings. So if you need a keynote speaker, workshop facilitator, hit me up. Um, You can find me at that website uh, address as well. I'm on social media, uh, Autumn Prather, on Facebook, We Speak Legacy, on I'm sorry, that's my website. We speak legacy. Speak legacy to me on Instagram. and then the mother and daughter experience also on Instagram
0: awesome. <laughs> well, wow, that's so great that you're juggling all these hats because i it's difficult. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm just starting to do speaking and starting to do I'm like, oh yeah, uh, it's a lot but um that's awesome. when it's
1: when it's your passion it's not it's not work that's what I feel
0: absolutely I think yeah. me building it is is hard you know building a foundation and getting it started is the the hard part for me right now mm-hmm. because nobody knows who I am and I have to get my you know what I'm saying like
1: oh and, yeah
0: and starting my program and all that stuff like designing it mm-hmm. I know what I want to do but putting it there and making it to make sense that's the hard part well once I get doing like I love talking to people i love doing the interviews but the editing you know what i'm saying like that's right, right. So, yeah, <laughs> so, there's things that you know goods and and bad but yeah so absolutely but i think that's really awesome that you're doing all these things and um maybe you can come on next season and and talk about all the other stuff and then hopefully sydney can come and you guys can come talk together and that'd be cool absolutely all right well thank i would love that yes me too that would be cool to hear from both of you and her perspective as well oh yeah and um so it's it's cool to hear like how if she talked about you know not saying it's all about talking about you good but you know if she said like awesome things about you that would make you feel good as a parent because sometimes We're like, are we doing the right thing? You know, right? it's such a thankless
1: job. Uh, I get it.
0: (laughs) I understand. (laughs) Yes, I agree. All right. Well, thank you so much. You have a great night. Thanks for talking to us. You've been awesome. And thanks for the information. I appreciate the opportunity, Danielle. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Bye. Bye. for listening to authentic points of view podcast i hope that something you heard today changes your point of view if you would like to share your views please email me at authenticpointsofview at gmail.com or leave a comment on facebook at authentic points of view podcast remember always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart listening to authentic points of view podcast i hope that something you heard today changes your point of view if you would like to share your views please email me at authenticpointsofview at gmail.com or leave a comment on facebook at authentic points of view podcast remember always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart